Hey, what's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Welcome to another episode of the V-Twin Life. We talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what feels their passion, and why we enjoy them so much. Also, this episode of the V-Twin Life is brought to you by that Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at CrashInClothing.com and at Instagram at Crash underscore Inc. And if you're down around that Taggart, Oregon area, you can swing on into Paradise Harley-Davidson, where they do have that Crash Inc. gear on the shelf. So if you're like me and you don't want to wait for shipping, hey, get on in there and get some now. But if you guys go into CrashInClothing.com, if you place your order, don't forget, you can use that promo code CRASH1, all upper score, uppercase letters, excuse me there. And you're not going to find that promo code anywhere else except here on the V Twin Life. That is just for you guys to tune in as a way of saying thank you for all your support and you guys listen in. So, hey, let's dive into this. This here being the 25th episode of the V Twin Life, which is freaking cool. So I figured, hey, what better way to celebrate the 25th than bring in Brad from the Crash Inc. line, the man, the founder of it, and his homeboy, Clayton Biker Cowboy. So, hey, guys. Let's dive into this and let's have some fun. Dude, boys, what is going on? What's up, brother? What's up, oh, bro? D- Beautiful day. It is. Nice blue skies, but goddamn, it's cold as shit. <laughs> Damn right it is. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, it's good to hear both of your voices today. Good to hear yeah. you. Hell yeah, I miss you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, Denver, since Clay's never been on this before, why don't you dive in with him and I'll I'll just sit here and make fun of him. <laughs> there we go. Hey, we could do that. So hey, let, let's dive into the, you know, the, usually the first round of, of questions is, you know, what got you into motorcycles? Where to come into your life at? You know, so really like it stems from my dad. I mean, he's still my best dude. Like, he's been my best friend from the beginning. He still is. He started riding motorcycles. His dad was, I'm not going to say against it, but was not into motorcycles. So he kind of had a friend of his that got him into it, uh, uh, kind of like about the same age as his dad. And the guy owned a motorcycle shop, did hill climbs, all kind of stuff. So I started out in the back. He had a 1977 BMW R75-7. And uh, I don't know how many thousand miles I rode on the back of that. We'd go to motorcycle rallies. We'd go camping, all kind of stuff. Um, probably started when I was about six years old. Got my first dirt bike, a Honda Elsnor 50, when I was seven years old. And been through a whole bunch of stuff. Dual sport, on-road, off-road, sport bikes. I love it all, man. I just I just love motorcycles. There's nothing like it. And then... Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of abbreviate it cause everything gets, gets long. So I grew up in, I was born and raised in North Carolina, moved out to, uh, Montana where my wife's from, loved it out there. We got long winters and she went back to school and we moved to Portland, Oregon. And that's really where everything came together for me. If you will, you know, like the culture, the people, the friends, riding modifying your bike indoor flat track like all that stuff kind of came together and that's really what working at a harley dealer i sold bikes for a few years and that's really what what just drove my passion and still drives it that's awesome so did your family so you brought up hill climbing which is that's a huge part of my life i did that through my teenage years into my late teenage years and, you know, I mean, I went to Idaho, Washington, I went up to Canada. So was hill climbing your family part of from the East Coast or did you guys do that when you came out West? That was on the East Coast side. And like, you know, it was it was kind of a like build something, go play with it type of deal. We weren't weren't in it to be competitive, weren't in it. I'm not going to say not to win. Of course, you're always in it to win. But just kind of one of those deals you know, build something cool, go take it, thrash on it, see what it'll do, go out with dad, have a good time. And uh, so that's kind of what that was about. And then uh, when I lived in Montana for a while, the Billings Hill there in, in Billings, Montana. Oh, the Great American Hill Climb. Damn right. That's a that's a good one. And I watched like Papa Petey and Sweetie Petey, um, like father-son team, just tear that oh, thing yeah. up. Nobody was going over the top, and they literally wheelied over the top and just kept cruising like with one hand in the air. It was pretty cool to see. 
Well, fucking Steve Peterson, I know him. It's amazing. Yeah, you had, oh, yeah, then you had the big hill that was in, uh, they said Kellogg, but it was more in Smelterville, basically built in a rock pit. I went over there and did that one, too, and, and that was gnarly. But, yeah, that's been many, many moons ago. But That one's a yeah, that long, long one, isn't it? I think that one was 700, 800 feet. Yeah. And the one in, in down in Sunnyside, which now is actually part of the NAHA, the North American Hill Climb Association, that one was 1,200 feet. Damn. The one, Jesus. the one here that we have in Port Angeles, it's 425 to the top. But I can remember if, God, if I remember right, the one in Smeltaville, that actually had an inverted wall at the top. Jeez, that's what's really like just wrapping your brain around the physics of how you get a bike over a vertical or like wall that kicks back at you. I've watched people do it, but man, it that's some that is some shit. <laughs> Dude, that one was intimidating because you go up there. I mean, you had the guys. It was like the old school days. There was guys at the top with ropes that had big grapple hooks, and if you didn't make it, you flipped it. I mean. Did they were throwing ropes with hooks to try to catch your bike to save it from going all the way down? That's that hooligan life. I love that shit. <laughs> oh, man, it was insane. <laughs> so now that you got your Harley, so so what's your current ride that you know gets all your most of your time and attention? Well, so I've got two Harleys. I've got a '09 uh, Electric Glide police bike, and it was just you know it was the right deal at the right time. And I'm still learning to love the bagger world. It's good. Um, my true love is a 1998 Sportster Sport, an XL 1200S. It was my dad's first Harley. He had a lot of non-Harleys before that. It's still to this day, he'll tell you it's his favorite bike. It's my favorite bike. It's the first Harley I ever wheelied. It's the first Harley I ever felt comfortable on. Um as always, we're always changing our bikes, but so my, my Sportster Sport is still my, my favorite. I got to get out on a little rip on some dry pavement the other day. Man, that thing's a blast, but that the 09 bagger, she's coming along too. You know, it's just little suspension, little of this, you know, well, you guys both know a lot. You know more about baggers than I do. It's, it's, it's a process <laughs> to get it dialed in. They're fun. I'm, you know, you're talking sporty. I mean, shit, first... The first Harley I rode was actually a '66 Sportster, but sick. It was in it was in a '56 flat track frame. It was actually one of our hill climb bikes, and that was the, the first Harley that I ever rode before I rode my stepdad's old '73 shovel. Damn. Ooh. And I can remember when he had that. It was actually one of the original cop bikes. And the first time he let me drive it, I mean, my mom and stepdad lived on some property. It's like you know, the driveway was a massive circular driveway. If you went, the whole thing was probably three-eighths of a mile the whole circle drive and i can remember the first time riding i like kept telling myself don't dump it don't dump it don't dump it (laughs) you know i'm taking his road bike out around you know around the driveway it was fun but man that old dude that old sportster man you want to talk about some milwaukee iron i can remember hill climbing my i had a cr500 that was stretched and at least with that you could you could throw it around on the hills it was somewhat maneuverable but you'd hop on that Harley and did, there's no throwing it around, whichever way it's pointing, you're going to go that direction. And you know, how big are your balls to keep it wide open to try to go whatever direction is pointed. <laughs> sign, me going. sign me up. Sign me up right now. <laughs> yeah, sign Put me, me in coach. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Oh, I'm going to find a picture of that thing. Dude. Oh man, it was a fucking beast. Big old paddle tire. Even at one point we put steel bolts through the paddles. Hell yeah. Just for even more traction. No shit. That's awesome. Oh, dude, it was a fucking beast. That's, and... that's how I learned how to flat track, dude, watching Titan. That's, uh, <laughs> it was exactly that. Put me in. Let's do this. And you killed it. I mean, you're, <laughs> and you're fast, bro. Like, oh. I, you know, that, that, was, that was such a weird experience. I was just like, I've always wanted a flat track. So the guy that got my dad into motorcycles, hence me getting into motorcycles, he was big into flat track. And, uh, you know, there, there's, I'll, I'll once again keep it short. There's an old story. The guy's name was John Grove. He had a, his own airplane, which is what he actually ended up passing away in. He liked to go hard in the paint, as they say. And uh, he uh, started flat tracking and got real good and made the state championships and won it, like made in the shade and went to the national. And I'd have to ask my old man who it was, but it was one of the old, I don't remember if it was Gary Nixon or one of those guys, you know, back in the seventies. 
So he says he's in this turn. He's flat out. He got a good hole shot. This guy bumps him in the back, and he looks back, and the guy nods his head like, hey, move over, and he doesn't. So the guy comes over, hits him harder, pushes him right out of the way, goes under him, <laughs> and just passes him. And that was the only time he ever ran a national race. He's like, those boys are better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I often feel. <laughs> See, I think that's that's the only dirt sport. I mean, I, I did hill climbs. I did sand rigs. I did dirt drakes. I did motocross. I never once tried the flat tracking. I mean, I've watched some of it, but I, I never, never got to handle that part of it. It's a whole other beast. It's yeah, it's unique, man. Like I would have never thought, a you'd have that kind of traction on dirt. And flat track tires are real forgiving. You can basically low side the bike all the way down until it's pretty much not on the tires. And if you ease it back up on the tires, you can just come right back out of it, hammer the throttle, and boogie down the straight. Like it's 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 weird. It's, it's, I didn't think it would work like that, but it does. So, so when you, I know I've asked Brad this in the past, but you know, for you, Clayton, are you running the steel shoe? Yeah. So, uh, my buddy in Portland, Joe built me a steel shoe and it's, it's, you know, definitely homemade. It was like one of the, it might've actually been, I don't know if it was the first or second hot shoe he built, but, uh, it's worked good. So yeah, I got a steel shoe, just anything to keep your foot from sticking to that clay. Cause it's kind of tacky. And uh, on the bigger bikes like Harley's, you're you're not putting a lot, a lot of weight on your foot on a short track like we run at, at Salem Indoor. You know, on a bigger outdoor track, you got a little little more speed and a little more lean angle. But on those heavy bikes on a short track, it feels like you're leaning way over. But as all things in life, it doesn't look as cool as it feels. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it is pretty freaking badass. So you watch some of those guys. And, man, it's... It's crazy. Yeah, it's been, a, it was amazing to watch Brad down. with, like, no flat track experience. Obviously, he's a fantastic rider, dirt rider, street rider. He jumped on it, and he was, like, right at home, just blowing the doors off everybody, like, by halfway through his first race. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a mindset, you know? How big is that track at Salem? Is it an eighth mile or a little smaller? It is smaller. I don't remember yeah. exactly what it is, but it is tight. It's tight. But they say it's the – what did they say, uh, Clayton? It's the fastest no. on the West Coast or fastest? It's the fastest indoor flat track in the U.S. is what they in say. The yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. more banking. And even the straightaways, when you walk on it – and they're not gnarly banked like some paved tracks are. But, you know, you're. I would guess you're probably still – I don't know, 10 to 15 degrees a pitch on the straightaway and probably 20, 25 degrees on the corners. So you can really, and when you watch like the pros on, you know, lighter bikes, man, they can, well, they're hitting almost 70 mile an hour straightaway speeds on about a 150 foot straightaway. It's pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. Dude, I want to come down and check some of that out for sure. When it, if it, when it starts back up, that'd be freaking cool. Heck so. yeah, let's do it. So is it only in the spring or is it in the fall? Maybe? So at Salem, it's indoor, so it's only winter season. So it usually starts the beginning of October and then runs through January. This year, of course, they didn't have it. And, like, mm-hmm. when nice. I started it, I, I low-sided my Sportster. I rode every day, worked at Paradise Harley there in Tigard. I was riding home, hit something slick, low-sided, snapped my ankle pretty bad. It was a couple surgeries, about nine months of recoup. <laughs> And uh, the doctor's like, well, your bones should all be healed and you should be ready to rock by October. <laughs> and I had just gone to the back back in the day. The one pro race was down at Salem. And of course, you know, the one show was up in Portland and now they, they have it all together, which is super rad, makes everything easier. But anyway, so I had gone and watched that race and I was have never been so pumped in my life. I was just like, man, I saw something life changing. And I I look at my wife and I'm like, I want to do that. And she's like, we should get you really good boots. <laughs> and literally before <laughs> I was okay to race, I had just, you know, motocross booth, nothing crazy, had a hot shoe made. So in the next few months, I bolted together. It was a 09883 Sportster, got parts from a lot of friends and bought some and traded some and whatever and put together a bike. And uh, I literally had only ridden the bike to and from work, which was 
pretty much legal other than I had no front brake and no turn signals. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, insured and had a headlight stories. and tail light, you know, uh, no front fender, no front brake, no nothing. So <laughs> riding across Portland in that, but so I got a feel for it on the street and I tried to drift it around a little bit, you know, lock up the back brake and just see how it slid. I took it out, uh, up over uh, Germantown Road, and I took it out the end till it turned to dirt and tried to power slide around on the gravel, and that's not at all like a dirt track. <laughs> and uh, watch so... this guy ride 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 wheelies on that thing on <laughs> on, a, on a on a seat pan, no no seat, no actual seat, yeah, no, no seat with track tires on, ride <laughs> wheelies across the bridges downtown Portland, dude. No, Hell yeah, no BS. <laughs> Oh, it's still like <laughs> my favorite pictures. memories. And it's oh, so yeah. hard to get a – with a 19-inch back wheel and a tall tire, it's hard to have enough power with an 883 to get that front end to come up. Pretty much – you pretty much got a full send it and hope it lifts. <laughs> On the way to every bike night. Every bike night. Uh, yeah, bike night that's, that bike did see a lot of bike nights. And that was that was a cool part of it. You know, you roll up at bike night and all, you know – all these people with all these cool bikes show up and it was just neat to be able to ride my flat track bike to and from bike night. And it was kind of legal, but it worked out. Everything was cool and uh, go racing. So the first time I went to the racetrack, I had to work that day. So I got off late. I missed all the practice sessions. I missed the driver's meeting. I showed up and hit my heat race to my main and I'd never been on a flat track ever in my life. And, uh, it was a lot to learn, you know. I obviously I wasn't super fast, but hung in there and in the beginner class and had fun, and then just kind of grew from there. And it was it, it, super cool, just kind of mind bending to realize how hard you can push a bike on dirt. But you had fun, and and that's the awesome part, you know, just getting out there and just say fuck it, I'm going to give it a shot and fucking go for exactly. It. And then to watch, like I said, to watch Brad jump on it and smash, and like Dustin. Uh, he's built a hooligan bike too. And he, he races now, you know, he jumped on it, rode it a few times. And he's like, dude, I'm hooked. I'm going to build one. So, and then Joe is building one and you know, it's, it's going to be cool to have a group of friends out there next time Yeah, in the yeah. same class, you know, of course we're competitive, but it's, it's kind of cool when you, you know, a lot of people on the track and you know, everybody's somewhat got your back, you know? And see, that's, what's cool. I can remember times, out hill climbing. I mean, I had one class. I had, I had foobar a rear wheel. I don't remember exactly what I did. And you know, a buddy of mine, he'd already made his runs. We were in different classes. I think he was, he was running the exhibition class, which would allow you a paddle tire. I was running the modified, which you can only run a knobby. And he'd already done his, and I had something going on. And you know, it's like motorcycle. Even you know, when I'm back in hill climbing, it was like a family and. You know, I my rear wheel or something was foobar. He's like, dude, I'm already done. Hey, let's just swap everything. So, dude, we're back, you know, in the pits basically, putting his whole rear end, his rear tire, you know, sprocket everything, putting all his parts on mine just so I could go run my class. And, you know, that's one of the most awesome things I can remember about, you know, hill climbing is, yeah, you're competitive, but it was still like a family. And, I remember, you know, in the early years when I did motocross before I busted my head, had, you know, my head reconstructed. Motocrossing, it, it wasn't like that. It was different. You know, I mean, if you couldn't make it to the class, you know, most people didn't care. But, in the, you know, when I went to hill climbing after I got in my wreck, you were still competitive, but it was a family. And that part, I, you know, I'll never forget. It was awesome. I mean, there's – I haven't hill climbed in, Jesus, probably 20 years, but – I still talk to a lot of guys and we message back and forth on Facebook and, you know, we're still friends and it's just, you know, it's one of those awesome memories that I have from it. That's what I think makes like the whole moto community super dope. Like, like you said, there's some sports, you know, road racing, motocross that they, you know, they get real competitive real quick. There's, there's a, a lot of on the, on the line, if you will, but like flat track and hill climbing, just general hooligan shit, you know, banging back roads, doing wheelies, having fun, bike nights, burnouts, whatever it might be, hitting the parking lot, doing some some trying to learn to stunt or wheelie your bagger, which I'm yeah. still working on for sure. Like, yeah. that's what it's all about is, like, pat everybody on the back, be like, man, that's rad. I appreciate what you're doing. Like, that's kick-ass. Like, and if you can help somebody, help them, and, and they might help you, and somebody else might help everybody. That's just kind of how it rolls. It's... It's just a hell of a community to be in. 
Oh, it's so true. I mean, the, the motorcycle community, even, you know, around doing this whole podcast has been freaking amazing with the people I've met, the friendships, the support and what people are doing. I mean, it, it it's freaking awesome. I don't think there's many other sports you could get into that would be like this. Not a family like this. No, no, I, I think I 100% totally right agree. Yeah, the people, the people that I have met doing this, doing just doing this, riding motorcycles is just—I don't know. You could talk about it for hours, for one. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I can't count how many times, I you know how many people you meet on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, just, Amen. just riding down the road and pull over to gas station and another dude on a bike. It doesn't matter what kind of bike, just start talking to him and end up being friends. It's crazy. Yeah. Instead of a three minute gas yeah. stop, it's now 20 minutes. I don't minutes. even remember. I, how, I, how did we meet Clay? I don't remember exactly. I mean, it was obviously over motorcycles. But... So the first, my first memory of you, I was actually thinking about that as we were kind of leading up to this podcast. And I was like, <laughs> is this a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> so I remember it was you and I was the first time I really remember you. I had just come off the track from racing at Salem and it was one of those, it must've been one of the one shows and it was you and uh, mod glide. Ah, Victor. Yep. My BFF. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. You and Victor walked up. You gave me a crash ink hat. And I had literally just pulled off the track for my, my main race. So I was done racing. And I I swear, Kent had handed you my beer, which was not open. And you opened my beer. So I literally <laughs> pretty much come power sliding off the track to a safe place. And you hand me a beer. We talk. It's Mr. Crash Inc. And ever since then, I've just been like, man, we talked for, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes. And we've talked a bajillion minutes since then because, like, I don't know, I, we're just like-minded people. Like, be positive, be happy, enjoy life, ride motorcycles, do, right. <laughs> do what you do. Yep, that's exactly right. And then bring – I can remember – I'll go – no, go yeah, for it. Just, that's, good, that's, uh, I mean, that's how I met Denver, too, really. I mean, it's just uh, through motorcycles. It was. I mean, it's like, you know, when we were all talking, trying to, you know, get all this thing lined up. And, you know, the first time I called and talked to Clayton, I mean, dude, the phone call was awesome. And after the end, it, you feel like you've known the person for years and just, you know, happy spirit. You know, exactly what you say, you know, the positive attitude and just – they're just happy go lucky and just having a good time and enjoying life. And, you know, after that conversation, I felt like I'd known the guy forever. And it was like, you know, you're just talking to one of your best buddies. Like, fuck, dude, this is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you know, where the fact is dare to be different just because everybody's doing something and they classify it. Well, it's not labeled it. You know, that's not labeled performance. If you do that, well, you know what? Watch me smoke your ass. What do you think? Yeah, and that's, and I mean, I like, I guess I like all kinds of motorcycles. I've always kind of been into that. I've never been like totally brand specific. Obviously, after working for Harley Davidson and selling them and riding them, I'm, I'm definitely a fan. I, I think they're fantastic, but you know, I've had other brands of bikes, almost most other brands of bikes, and I like them too, you know, like, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. And what I really like to see is just when people come up with their own kind of ingenuity, like, like Brad's yeah. bike is a great example. And I'm not trying to like, you know, give Brad a, a reach around through the phone here, but you know, that bagger <laughs> is sick, man. Like you put Dyna wheels on it. You did a lot of things that I'm not going to say have never been done. Cause everything's probably been done once, but you did a lot of things to that bagger. I've never seen done. <laughs> And it's right. sick. You ride it. You ride it in the rain. Like, it, it's super cool. So what we do. Well, and, Go ahead. And, you know, for me, it, it goes along with a guy buys a bike. And I know I've said it, I don't know how many times, different podcasts. You get a bike, think yourself as an artist. Okay, you know what? You got a blank canvas. Make that bike your own. Just because, you know, Joe Blow down the road is doing this doesn't mean that you got to go the same way. That bike becomes an expression of you and you make the bike how you want it because bottom line is that bike's yours. You know, just because everybody else is, you know, say everybody's doing the big wheel baggers and, and beach bars doesn't mean that, you know, Brad's got to do the same way. 
you, you get the bike, build what you want because that bike is an expression of you and it's part of you. And that's just 100%. That's my two cents. That, that should be my next tattoo right, right. there. No shit. <laughs> Real <laughs> words to live by, my friend. That is so true. One hundred percent true. <clears throat> huh. Yep, that that's what I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, and that's just one thing that you know, you see some of these these different Harley forms and groups, you know, I just bought a twenty twenty bike. What should I do? I don't know. What do you want <laughs> yeah, to do? Man? Damn it's not right. my bike, it's yours. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those little topics that just pokes at me, and I, I just okay, you know, I do the old thing, dude. I'm just scrolling on by because I don't even want to start a shitstorm. But you know, everybody, yeah, I mean, some people maybe they're new to it, and you know, they got questions, and hey, I I get that. But the bottom line is, man, make that bike a part of you, make it what you want. Yeah, and that's one so thing I like subject. totally respect, <laughs> and I, I I like about you is that. You know, you're the V Twin Life podcast. You're not trying to be brand specific. You're not trying to be bike specific. You've ridden motocross. You've done hill climbs. You've done Harleys. You've done a lot, a lot of different aspects of the two wheel world, and you dig them all. You know, and I think he just loves. Yeah, and for me, well, and I think Brad too. I'm not trying to speak on your behalf, but like, I think we're all kind of in the same boat. There's like, it's got two wheels. Let's rip it. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, I I've done the sport bikes, I've done the you know the inline Fords, and you know my old GSES 750. I've done V fours, dude. I had my old Honda Saber V forty five. I've done V twins. I mean, and it is, you know what? I'm not gonna put down a guy for what he's riding. I mean, I don't care what you're riding. You know what? You got a bike. You know whether it's your first bike, your second bike. Not everybody's pockets are the same. You know what? You, you all can't. Not all of us can afford a. $30,000 Harley, you, you get what you can afford because you want to get out on the road. You want to enjoy the ride and you want to enjoy that wind. And you know what? Your first bike is never going to be your last. You, I mean, you get something so you can get to start experiencing it. And you know what? As time evolves, hey, that's when you upgrade. You know, things come along and you get what you can afford and just start enjoying it. Absolutely, man. Like, I, I've seen like one of my buddies out here now that I moved out of the coast, uh, Zach. He's built like some pretty cool bikes. And when I first met him, I actually was working at the Harley shop and he rolled in on this rigid and I was like, man, that thing's sick. And I start looking at it and realize like, wait a minute, that's not a Harley motor. And I start talking to him and it was like, you know, a Honda shadow. I don't remember what it was, maybe a 650 or something. And he had built it for, you know, a lot of labor into it, but pennies on the dollar. And it looked, I, I don't know the, the right way to say it. I just, I, I love, well, I love motorcycles right out the bat. Like I, anything with two wheels, I'm all about it, but I just like good people, you know, and I've met so many yes. good people through motorcycles and there's, I'm sure plenty of other ways to meet them, but like some of my best friends, like I'm talking to right now <laughs> are all due to two wheels and it's just, it's super cool. And then I go ride dirt bikes and I look like I got, you know, six left feet and I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I got a bike that's way over my head and I'm way up in the woods and, <laughs> and some kid that's 12 years old is like, Hey man, you should try and do this. And you go right over that log and it works. And I'm just like, see, that's what it's all about. Like, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's just all about helping each other and having fun. Yep. I mean, kind of like, you know, when a guy hands you a CRF 450 and tells you to go <laughs> hill climb and it's like, dude, that's, you know, you, you got it stretched a little bit. You know, I'm a big guy. I'm sitting on the gas tank and man, I, I can't keep the fender on the ground, you know, the front wheel. And he's holding on. He pops the seat off and dude, I'm no fucking joking. He's got a nitrous bottle in no there way. down underneath the seat. He's here. Let me turn this on. It'll help. Like, I don't need that. I mean, it, he had that 450 to have a 568 kit in it with nitrous. Dude, to sign me up. Needless to say. Dude, when I flipped it, I bent the subframe, the triple clamps, the handlebars, and <laughs> I tried telling him. I mean, and I'm literally on the gas tank. That thing had so much. I mean, I couldn't keep the wheel on the ground going up the hill, and it freaking looped, and that was that. Uh, let's do it. Let's yeah, do I do. I, you know somebody that's got a bike? I, I'm down to go. I don't I don't have anything stretched. I picked up that KTM last year, so I got like a – it's a 09 uh, XCF 505. 
So it's got enough power to go up the hill, but I should probably stretch it or something. I don't know. I don't really know how to hill climb. What we should do is come up there and have you teach us how to hill climb on a stock wheelbase bike. That would be a good lesson. I like it. I like it. it, it the stock wheelbase <laughs> is no fun. You, you got to stretch that baby out about four or five inches. That oh, I, yeah. I can't imagine wheel. trying to climb with a stock. Yeah. But there's still just a heck of an art to it. Like watching people that can hill climb, it's, it's amazing, man. Yeah, what I should do is try to find out when they're going to do the uh, the one down on the sunny side. That'd be fun. Go down there and meet up and watch the one out there on, I think it's Highway 24. Oh, hell yeah. On the sunny side. I'm Dude, that one's freaking cool as hell. That would be a fun yeah, bike exactly. trip. Go down there, camp out, little barbecue, little, oh, yeah. little uh, schmoozing, boozing, and hanging out with our friends. I'm down. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, right out of the junction of Highway 241 and 24 comes out of Yakima and 241 comes out of Sunnyside. And you meet at the junction, a little restaurant called the Silver Dollar Cafe, and the hill climb is right Plan there. Yeah, Dude, let's, let's do it. Come down. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I got some buddies that live down there still climbing, and I'll watch for the Naha dates and see what it is. Dude, that would be fucking fun and as I, shit. I, I personally am like a huge proponent for bringing all types of motorcycling together, you know, like bike nights. I love it when there's sport bikes, stunt bikes, dual sport bikes, Harleys, non-Harleys, metric cruisers, everybody together. Like it's, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the coolest thing. And it's been really like when I started at Harley and I, I put on some little bike nights, it was amazing. I would go talk to these sport bike guys and be like, Hey, yeah. And we'd have a good rapport. We'd talk and I'd be like, Hey, come over. We're going to have a bike night. And they did not want anything to do with Harleys. And I'm sure, you know, there, it goes both ways, but it was just the weirdest thing. I was like, dude, we all ride motorcycles. Like I've ridden sport bikes. Why can't we just hang out and have a beer? And, and it was, it it was a hard wall to break Mm -hmm. through. (laughs) It still is. Yeah, we had a really good this last summer. We had a killer turnout of a bunch. Of yes, different, those five hundred three like, bike like, nights are street bike just amazing. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to come down and check out one of those. I'm freaking excited for that shit. It's an experience. <laughs> I like the way you said that. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun. <laughs> you it's, might it's lose your shorts, it's, uh... but it's fun. It'll be an experience. Yeah. Riding home with no shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might lose your shorts. You, you know that. <laughs> that four. So it's four worth it. You'll you be aired out yeah. when you get home. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Lose your shorts, your tires. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that tire um, too. Yeah. yeah. You'll find shorts by the time you get a new tire. Yeah. It's good. Works out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch where you park your bike. We had some guy, uh, this last summer, I can't remember who sent their tire. I think it was little Harrison sent his tire. And actually, it happened to be a street bike guy. I had parked in the lot. And they were doing, everybody was doing Bernie's the whole the whole day, the whole night. And this guy parked this really nice street bike right in the line of fire. And uh, Harrison lit his tire up, man, and was spraying rubber everywhere. And that guy was not happy, man. Like. He was about three three times the size of Harrison, too. <laughs> he was not happy. He was going to let him have it. Man, we got on video the guy coming up and just about tearing no off the shit. bike. No shit. Like, no, man. Yeah, no, man. You <laughs> you parked your bike in the line of fire, man. You're yeah, a bike if, you're, if, if your bike is some custom super-duper shit, hide it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't park <laughs> it right by the burnout pit, man. And expect not to get rubber all over it. That was a pretty, pretty fun one. Oops. Exactly. Lesson learned. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Don't don't park right next to where we're burning off tires. But we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do something like that. So besides Colorado, man, you got any? You know, hopefully. Little trips you're gonna do besides that one, bro? Uh, I definitely will be doing Born Free, for sure. Uh, down in SoCal, that's a that's a must for me. That show is probably the favorite 
I show slash I don't know if they really call it a run, just show uh, that I've ever been to. That, that's awesome because it's. I mean, it started as a chopper show, so you get that really cool, really custom built choppers. Um, there's some seriously talented people in that whole scene now, uh, and then you get a lot. It's turned into a lot of uh, performance stuff. I mean. Uh, San Diego Customs is really involved with the whole thing and everything and uh, a bunch of other the big name companies and they just bring out some of the just coolest bikes you've ever seen and that was that was uh, my first time down there that was my motivation to come home and build a performance shovelhead that was when, when I built that the shovelhead uh, that was definitely my motivation to do that when I went there so Nice. Yeah, that one. Uh, I don't. I'd like to do Sturgis. Um, I am trying really hard. I haven't really announced it to the public, but apparently I am now. I'm really trying to get a first annual Crash Inc. camp out this year. Um, you know, a riding a riding camp. Dope. Yeah, there's this really cool campground that um, I'll release the details about because the place isn't really advertised. Um, once we get closer and if we get it planned, but, uh, it's a motorcycle only campground. Let's put it that way. And it is, it's dirt camping, man. It's, it's going to be old school. It's going to be pitch a tent and sleep in the dirt, you know, drink beers, no cell service. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. I have a buddy that lives about 10 minutes out of town with a bunch of property. That would be oh, killer. Yeah. Yep. And you all will be invited and all types of motorcycles will be invited. And then, you know, hopefully once we get all the, uh, the fucking pay the iron price ride, hopefully, you know, we'll get together. We get all those logistics, man. Maybe you guys can come up here and, you know, when fucking Vonga slot and FXDLS Brooklyn and Connor come this way and we can have one epic fucking bar. That would be cool. One good, one good time. You ever met any of those guys, Clayton? Yeah. Cause I think, you know, there's, the plan was leaving New York around the 4th of July-ish, and then, you know, how many other days it takes to get here, and I think the plan was to be here for a day or two, because I know I told them we could do all, you know, fluids and service their bike and whatnot up at my dad's shop with the bike lift, and then, you know, on a little cruise around the Northwest somewhere, and then do a fucking, oh, hell yeah. fucking barbecue with a smoker. I'm down. So what are they doing? They're just doing a cross-country ride? They're doing a, yeah, kind of, I think the plan originally was to kind of do the circumference of the United States, but they don't have that much time where, I mean, in two weeks, there's no way you could really do it. So I think they're going to kind of come New York, Northwest corner, head down towards maybe San Francisco and then come back to New York. But they're, they're working on different sponsors because they want to raise money for homeless veterans and homeless teenagers is the cause behind the ride. And so they're working on, you know, sponsors help pledge money and, and help, get everything set up and, you know, and that's the cause kind of that they want to put forth to it. And so they're working, they're working on all the stuff behind the scenes, lining all that up and then, you know, put down the miles and, and raise some funds for a good cause. Nice. I like it. Which be pretty cool. I mean, both, I mean, I've, you know, talked with those guys for quite some time and, you know, I mean, shit, dude, we're messaging back and forth on the phone all the time. And, you know, that's a, a group of guys being as logistically, you know, you got Von Gasfalt and, and BK or, you know, they're from Brooklyn. You got Connor down in Texas. And I know he's going to ride up to the Dragon. I think that's where they're all going to meet. And, you know, geographically, we're all on different sides of the country. So it'll be, you know, really cool to actually get, you know, face to face and, you know, have a good time. I like it. Yeah, it'd be pretty freaking cool. I know Von Gasfall, he's down in San Diego. I think he's going to be there for a month in that Southern California. Nut, he did man. that crazy, what was it, 43 hours and 53 minutes from Jacksonville, Florida to San Diego. Jeez. You see that, Clayton? That's insane. Yeah. Right? Even, yeah. Yeah, the, the coast to coast, that's 50 just, hours or less. And like, he did it. I mean, I'm not saying it's unbelievable, but that's, like, unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn. It's insane. It is insane. It's I... well, and 
And to do it with a broken gear shifter, the last 200 miles, it took his iPhone charger, tied it around the shifter no way. to hold it in place, and the, and the bike was stuck Holy in gear because he stripped all the splines out of it. So the last 200 miles, he couldn't shift gears or change gears at all. And it, he had a picture. It was on his story, but I'm sure he'll he'll post some more stuff <laughs> soon. But, yeah, he had the shifter tied in place with the that, iPhone yeah, charger. Yeah, that's sick. badass. Like, that's a one can a day is insane to start with of the coast to coast in 50 hours. Uh, oof, that's just gnarl. Yeah. That's super crazy. And to do it, you know, I mean, I can see in the summertime where at least you got some decent temperatures, but you know, he was in the oh. high thirties, low forties and it was in the pouring rain all the way to Jacksonville. So all of his gerbing heat of gear, died once he hit florida so he didn't have any heat of gear you know to kind of help with those cold temperatures and said fuck it i'm still going you know it's pay the iron price well, i suppose too wins. like at a point like you're just gonna hammer down and go like there there if you're trying to go that hard there's not a lot of fun relaxation or getting a suntan from it you're just hammered down with a goal in mind you know <laughs> you know i can see one thing you know this guy's doing on a on a touring bike but you know, he's got his Dyna. Granted, he, he's built it to fit him, you know, and, and he can do it on those miles, but you don't see guys that are going to do that kind of riding with that bike. It just, yeah. there's very, very few of them. And, dude, that guy's one of them, man. 100%. He's a legend in my book. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I know he messed me when he got to, to California. He's like, man, I got some crazy stories, man. He goes, we should do it. An episode is like, dude, buddy, whenever you're ready, dude, I'm ready. So I can only imagine some of the stories, you know. I know he battled that shifter towards the end of day one and all the way into the second day. He sent me a video and, dude, the Jeez. slop was like three to four inches. You can move it all around. It's like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> so why don't you fix it? And he's like, no, I got to make it. I'm going to do this. And like, holy crap, man. That's hardcore. All right. Go for it. How bro. old is he? God, he, I think he's in his. Mid thirties, maybe. Oh. He's not real old. Huh. I mean, well, I, I don't know. I mean, we're shit, older than us. We're all what early forties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or younger than us. He's you know, younger I, than us. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, Jesus, is it really gonna make me feel that old? <laughs> Come on, man, I'm only forty three. Well, almost. I I got another six weeks. There you go. But you know. There you go. March is coming. Another year goes by. Yep. There you go. And I hear that wrench. Who's wrenching? Am, you wrenching, I'm wrenching. I uh, just realized I got my bike up on the list, my bagger. I just realized that my whole pipe. Oh, son of a bitch. Off. Yeah. I'm going to have to be calling Fab. Damn it. Or Monday. Yeah. I uh, was wiping it down and uh, the whole pipe just was like loose. And I was like, uh, Crap, so I just look underneath it and the whole bracket's broken in half. You, you mean you don't got a, a wire feed or a welder in the shop uh, yet? No. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I need I a wire feed. I got a stick welder, but like, what the hell? Like, for motorcycles, it's 98% useless. Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice little ah, link the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me welding is like watching a kindergartner do. Yeah, Brad, you do good with crayons. It's okay. It... <laughs> yeah, I can do good with crayons. Exactly. Not with. Uh... Hey, come on! I'll, I'll just charge you the fuel for the bike, which is like thirty bucks. I'll come down there. I'll, I'll you know, you get the wire feed. I'll come down and buzz it. Up. There yeah, there you go. Hell yeah! There you go. <laughs> Done deal. Done deal. Welding is fun, but it, it is an art. I mean, it, it takes some. Um, the biggest thing is just trying to get the heat right for the you know the material you're, that you're using. I don't. That's I know nothing part. about welding. I should. Oh, I do. My stepdad was a. I mean, literally a master fabricator welder. I learned. I learned how to weld in my early teenage years. Hmm. Oh, Which was a good thing. Because you know, my buddies, we'd go out wheeling, breaking shit on the trucks. We'd go back to my stepdad's house and I would start welding. 
bumpers back on and all that kind oh, of yeah. stuff. I like it. So you got any more plans yeah, for, so, you for your bike, I mean, Clayton? So I've been trying to save packs and pennies away, so I'm planning to do suspension on it next. It needs a good tune, so I've I've kind of got a well, I, I've got a lot of goofy stuff, but I've got some. I, I'm running 12 inch T bars on it, which are perfect for me. They fit right behind the bat wing fairing. Everything's good on that. I like the way it sits. I like the way it rides. I'm running a stock street glide seat, and uh, sits good. <clears throat> But uh, I wanted to go two and a one on the exhaust, and I had a exhaust off a of Dyna. It's kind of one of those short Vance and Hines. Anyways, long story short, the header does not fit at all unless you convert your bagger to mid controls. So I'm using a stock header with a homemade mid pipe and running a shorty Vance and Hines muffler on it, and. So I need to get a good tune in it, and it should run better. But uh, so I'm planning to do some Olin suspension in the rear. Being an 09, I still got a 41 millimeter front end, and I'm, that's where I'm kind of tied up. I want to convert it to a 49 and go like some Nix 30 cartridges um, or Nix 22s, either way. But uh, so anyway, so I plan to do suspension next, I guess, is the long and the short of it. I did a uh, true track to fr- stabilize the frame, and that made a huge difference. I think my motor mounts are a little did tired. It? And uh, so probably do some motor mounts and suspension is really my, my next big step. And, uh, of course, I want to build a motor and make it faster, but, but I got to be able to turn that big old heavy beast first. And... Uh, I might, I don't know. The Sportster probably go with a new seat. I got Racing Brothers suspension in the rear and Race Tech in the front, and it really it's pretty set up right now. So the Sportster's kind of gonna stay where it is. I'm pretty happy with what it is, and uh, yeah. But the bagger is is never gonna stop changing really at this point. It's got it's got probably three four years of of metamorphosis in front of it. <laughs> so yeah, so since it was it a police bike in 09, it had the 103 standard output. So it's got kind of, you know, the, I guess, less performance cams in it. So I want to do cams. And then, of course, I'm a big fan of compression in Harleys. You, and you don't have to go crazy, but healthy compression in a Harley, that torque is just gnarly. So I want to go a little higher compression, maybe eleven to one, maybe a little less than that. Something, something in that that area. Go with some decent cams. Um, running a Power Vision tuner, which should have the capability to do whatever. I was, you know, we all get sidetracked with things. I was looking at some turbo setups and all that, but I I think I want to stick naturally aspirated. Go with some decent cams, a little higher compression pistons. And uh, a good tune on it. And then probably have an exhaust. I don't know. Um, either have one built or or buy one. I'm not not quite sure where I want to go there. I'm not – I don't want to necessarily chop the bags. I've never been like a wheelie to the balance point guy. I'm kind of more of a power wheelie guy. And if you got a short enough exhaust, if you're dragging your bags, you're you're pretty deep. So I don't know, maybe chop the bags, maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Um, it's just with that stock motor and the, the non high output cam in it, it, it takes kind of everything it's got to get it to stand up. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to do a lot of damage to it. I don't know. I beat on that clutch pretty hard. So clutch upgrade for sure. But uh, yeah, so we'll just kind of see what it, what it morphs into. But for now, Better suspension because it's scary when I pitch it in corners super hard. At least for me, I'm just a chicken, but uh, and I'm new to the bagger thing. But man, you know, you <laughs> huck it in a corner at 80, 90 miles an hour, and it's it is not <laughs> it's not what I'm used to. So, anyway, so I'm gonna try and straighten that out. Got a steering dampener for it. I need to get that mounted up and and just kind of go from there and and see. I don't know every bike bike I guess build bike project i've had kind of takes on its own form so just kind of see where it goes from there 
but I do want to wheelie it. Like every, I've never had a bike I couldn't wheelie, and I can wheelie it, but it's not great. But uh, get that thing dialed in a little more, where I can get the front end up and and pitch it hard in some corners, and that's that's really, I guess, what what I want to do is go rip some twisties and have fun. I like ripping the twisty, but I think if I wheelie mine, I'd probably fuck it up too bad. Nah, just never let out of the gas. <laughs> just get it to come up, use your back brake to slow it down, and then just hammer the throttle down until the front end touches. It'll save your fork seals a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Land it and blow the fork seals out. Like I've only done wheelies. that about 20 times. <laughs> I don't know. Only poor 20. Sportster front end has been beat on. <laughs> See, that's what I can't decide down the road if I would like to build a 103 or build a 110 to go in to go in the old Black Betty. Next. Yeah, I've know. done a lot of looking at both of them, and you know, like they're both great motors. A 110 is going to give you a little more horsepower. There's some 107 builds that look really sick out there, um, but I'll, I'll probably when I do it, I'll probably go 110. Like, if you can get more horsepower for about the same amount of money, might as well do it. <laughs> And the thing is, anymore is everybody's going. Everybody wants, you know, the one twenty one, the one thirty one, and God, you go to eBay and dude, there's pull up motors up the fucking gazoo, and it's like, you know, the old twin cams, like you know, you and me, it's like shit, man. Motors yeah. are fucking everywhere, and some of the prices aren't aren't too bad. It's just, you know, well, which one do you want? I mean, it boils down to, and then you know, what do you want to do to it to to make it go just yeah, a absolutely. little bit more? You know, I'm gonna see how far my my stock one will go. She's getting up there, but you know, I mean, I. Shit, I got You've got an 88, right? Is it stock 88 or is it a 95 kit? It's a 95 kit. And then, but, you know, I mean, shit, it's, it's, she's got some miles, but like last summer, I redid the clutch at, the stock clutch went 95,000 miles before Damn. I replaced it last summer. It was starting to slip. I mean, you know, you didn't want to drop a gear to pass a car and really get on it. Shit starts slipping, so you'd have to let off. And finally, it's like, you know what? Before I do any trips, it's time to, it's time to change a clutch. You know, so I've done the clutch, done the stator, done the regulator, new battery, and, you know, all, all the regular maintenance, being as my dad was the original owner. I mean, I got the whole black book, every single freaking thing that's, that's ever awesome. been done to it since freaking, since day one. I mean, you know, it's like June, my dad would check the tire, t- you know, the not temperature, but tire pressure, and he'd write it in the book, and, oh, dude, the book is pages of everything he's ever done to it, and I think, you know, it, it was hopped up at... Right around fifty five thousand, the gear driven cams, you know, the hydraulic primary chain tensioner upgrades and exhaust the intake, and you know the upgrade in the engine. And fuck, she still runs like a top at a hundred and two thousand ish. One oh one six or seven, I think I'm at now, and it's a great bike. I mean, shit, I put plenty of miles on it last summer, and you know, it's like. They say those old twin cams go forever. You keep up on the regular maintenance. I mean, I got a, a buddy that's got an 05 or an 06, and his was at 170-something thousand and never had to do anything eternal. You know, he keeps up on the maintenance and just keeps fucking going, which is a nice thing, you know, if you think about it. It's like, well, fuck, you know, you look at some of these other guys, like, well, shit, man, I got a long ways to go. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That's always kind of been a goal is to put 100,000 miles on one bike. I know the – the old BMW my dad had that I grew up on the back of, and of course that was before they became like super high tech. They were they were I'm not gonna say similar to like V twin cruisers, but they were real basic machines back in the seventies. But he put over a hundred grand on one bike. And I'm like, damn, I, I've always wanted to do that. Wow. hundred grand on one motorcycle. So maybe I'll maybe I'll get there someday. We'll see. That'd be freaking awesome. Yeah, to start to start from zero and be able to do the whole thing on your own. Be a hell of a lot of smiles, that's for sure. You think about like you know going to grab a beer after work and and you get two photo opportunities and a great smile. Like I can only imagine in a hundred thousand miles how many you'd have. It would be crazy. Well, there's a guy I'm I'm getting together with this summer. We couldn't make it work because he was having issues trying to get on to do the podcast. And his daughter lives in Sammamish kind of right up uh Stevens Pass area. And he's coming up to meet her, but he's had old red, he calls her. I want to say now he's had the bike 42 months and he's got 230,000 miles on it. And he bought it brand new on a 2017 Holy electric shit. ride. 
and and you look That's at that insane. mileage, and he splits his time between two bikes, and to still put that amount of miles on that bike. And so when we we've been you know still talk back and forth on the internet and whatnot, and when he comes up this summer to meet his daughter, I'm going to ride over that way. Hopefully, you know Edmonds Kingston area meet him. He's going to come over here to PA for a night or a weekend, and we're going to you know record a face to face podcast. And you know my wife and I really want you know want to do a dinner for him and. I just want to hear stories and pick the guy's brain because the guy's written freaking everywhere and to be able to, to hear the stories from that guy and, and preserve them, you know, through this podcast for more people to hear, I think would just be absolutely amazing. You know, when you're 70, I think he's 73, 74 years old and you put that amount of miles on a brand new bike, dude, you're, uh, I hope to be like you when I'm that age. That's all I got to say. Dude, <laughs> right? Yeah, one can only hope. Very true. Yeah, no doubt. Like that's so cool. Like a customer of mine, I actually it was one of the last bikes I sold before I moved out to the coast here and kind of stopped selling bikes. But I'd known him a lot of years. So, anyways, long story short, uh, older gentleman comes into the shop and he says, "Hey, I got this Road King, and I want to say it's an '01, I think, or a '98, somewhere in there." And he's like, I just want to get it serviced. He's like, uh, I'm giving it to my son-in-law. And I was like, oh, that's very cool. And he's like, yeah, it's got like 100,000 miles on it or, or something to that effect. And he's like, but I've had a 95-inch motor done. I've got a Baker transmission in it. Like, he had done everything kind of top dollar to the point. And he sold it to this guy or gave it to this guy, I should say. And uh, he rode that thing and put like another 70,000 miles on it. And then he bought a road glider no in 2019 and still rides it. And uh, it was just so cool to see. Like, I've, I've ridden with him a few times. The guy's an excellent rider. But, uh, you know, it was just cool to see, like, how how motorcycles change our lives, you know, my mine included, like, my life would be very different if two wheels didn't exist. It would probably suck, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can second that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like roller skating or something. Nothing against roller skating, but it doesn't sound as cool as riding a motorcycle or doing a wheelie or going on a long trip. Just saying. Well, it's just, yep. you, you know, with a bike, I mean, you have a shitty day, you don't got to go do two or three hours. I mean, like for me, I can little town of squims, 15 miles away. It's like, I, I can do a, say a fucking 30, 40 mile loop and, you know, an hour or whatnot. And that's just, an, you know, I mean, it's plenty to clear your head and come back and, you know what, have a pissy day, but come home and you got a smile on your face. It's like, you know what? Yeah, that's it. so, I'm, I'm good so, now. so true. Like, you know, when I lived in Portland and I was selling bikes, like I'd get off work and you know, you have ups and downs, whatever it's sales, man. It's, it's, it's the easiest rough life you'll ever have. And you get on the, get on the interstate and you bang wheelies all the way down the on-ramp and smash a few gears, hit the next on-ramp, bang some wheelies and you're home in 10, 15 minutes and you feel like a whole new person. And the same goes for getting up in the morning and going to work. You know, you're, you're trying to wake up, trying to shake it off, whatever you did the night before <laughs> to go beyond point and go hit a couple twisties on the way to work and a good cold brisk morning. And man, you get to work and you're ready to rock and roll. Yep. Yep. It's one of my favorite little tags. I mean, it, it, it it's very true. Oh, it's so true. So true. Yeah, so it really is. It's amazing. Like, I've sold, well, I sold a lot of bikes in the few years I was there, but I mean, it's just amazing to see what motorcycles mean to certain people. You know, some people it's just, oh, I want a bike, I'm going to buy one. And, and some people it's a life, cha life changing event. And uh, I sold quite a few bikes to like the combat vets. And it, it was really an amazing thing to see how that was therapeutic for a lot of people. It was, it was really cool to see that it was like their friends are like, get on my bike and go ride it for a day and a half and don't stop. And then come back here and they come back and they're like, I feel better. I can deal with life. And they're like, cool, you need a bike. And, and it's just, it, it really is amazing. The therapy that 
that wind and two wheels gives us. Oh, that's oh, uh, yeah. that's very true, and you know that goes along like with uh, two wheels to survive with Michael Nielsen, who I've had on here before, and I met up with him this weekend, and you know his whole drive this summer where he's he's taken off with Mission Twenty Two and been doing the uh, Twenty Two National Park Tour. I think he's going to take off in July. You know, around thirty days, roughly seventy five hundred ish miles, but raising money for, you know awareness of you know veterans and you know the veteran suicide and and everything that's you know that goes on with a lot of our veterans when they come home it's like you know he said that he's lost more friends and whatnot here back home than he lost downrange when he was doing time in iraq and afghanistan and you know that's one of his big his big causes right now is you know raising raising the awareness of all those guys and you know and trying to to help them realize that, you know, don't be afraid to see you need help because he's one of those guys himself. You know, he, he has his PTSD issues and, you know, he, he works every day. He goes, it's something you don't get rid of, but you know, it's, he fights it, but he also wants to, to help everybody and, you know, and help his fellow veterans, men and women that have done time to let them know, Hey, you know what? Don't be afraid to ask for help because we're all here. And I, I think that's absolutely awesome. 100%. And, you know, he was another cool one, you know, with meeting so many of these people, but, you know, getting to meet, you know, another guy that I've had on here face to face. And, you know, we went for a ride, we shared some miles and, you know, had some great conversations and, you know, I'm going to, I can't wait to hook up with him more, do some more miles, but it's, it's so cool to meet some of these guys face to face. And, you know, he's got a a great cause and a a great mission that, you know, he's chose to take upon himself. And that is so rad though. I think I I really feel like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying everybody supports the troops, but a lot of us support the troops, myself included. But it's it's easy to overlook the troops that are at home. And sometimes they're the ones that need the support most almost. You know what I'm saying? I I totally agree with you. I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. 110 percent, Clayton. You are correct. But it's nothing a little two-wheel therapy can't fix. Let's hit the dunes. Let's go rip it. Let's ride the coast. Let's go boogie. I've always got a spare bike, so let's ride. And that's what cures pretty much everything in life is just riding. Well, guys, dude, this has been absolutely awesome, man. You know, Clayton, Brad, you guys made a killer 25th episode for the podcast. I can't believe we actually, this whole thing has gone this far and, still going and driving dude it's everybody it's freaking amazing man i'm i'm even floored i how this is going and the messages and the support and you know you, you look at the people viewing it it's it's dude it's fucking awesome yeah man you got a good thing it's going, awesome brother. like hey. i i've always thought like one of the things i've loved about brad and i love about you is just being real man like we don't have to be anything weird or different or unique to be in the motorcycle world, just be yourself and love motorcycles. And that's what, that's really what it's all about. <laughs> you know, it is, exactly. you know, and, the, and that's what I love about this. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that enjoys to, to travel on a motorcycle. You know, I enjoy hearing the stories of, you know, guys that take trips, you know, you know what you're, you're getting the miles in, you're traveling cross country, whether, I mean, it doesn't have to be cross country. You could be doing a weekend trip somewhere and you find these cool little places and, I just want to hear the stories, you know, and, and be able to share it with other people. And, you know, that's what the V twin life is. You know what? We're all, you know, you got the nautical compass. That, that's the logo. And, you know, what? point the bike in a direction and just Hell enjoy yes. the wind and get in the road. I like it. So, hey, guys, don't forget, you can check out Crash at Crash underscore Inc. on Instagram, CrashInClothing.com. You got that promo code Crash1. And hey, don't forget, if you guys look for new windshield, you can also check out Long Ride Windshields. We got that promo code, the V Twin Life 15. That's going to save you 15% off anything that Long Ride Windshield sells site wide. Hey, check it out. They might got something you like. Brad, brother, I can't thank you enough for your support, your friendship, everything. Clayton, new brother, it's been an awesome time. Man, I can't wait to meet in person and, and just have a good time, share some miles and get some rides in. Thank you guys, both of you guys. For Thank coming you, on, man. man. It's been an awesome time. Absolutely, Denver. 
Well, thank you so much. Hell yeah. Anything you guys want to say in clothing? Dude, the, hey, the floor. Well, I'll just say, man, I appreciate both you guys very, very much. And uh, it's it's awesome to start getting to know you more and more, Denver. And uh, I can't wait to ride with all you homies this summer. Amen. Heck yeah. I'll second that one. I'll second that one for sure. It's been a blast. I hope I hope we made your uh, 25th podcast okay, buddy. Dude, hey, it's been awesome, man. I, I can't think of a better way to spend it than, you know, with you guys, man. It's kind of doing some of these group episodes is awesome. And, you know, and especially to have you back for another episode, Brad, when, you know, you you came to the plate in the beginning and wanted to be part of this and sponsor the podcast. I felt, dude, there's no better way than, you know, a 25th episode that in my mind is kind of one of those milestone episodes. You know, it's a quarter of a hundred, you're halfway to a 50 and hey, why not bring the man back that wanted to support and be part of it? So I want to uh, thank you well, so much for everything you've done, well, man. No problem. And to have an OG like Clayton Man, I, I always appreciate Absolutely. you calling me the OG, but, like, you guys are really the ones that had you, – you had the mentality. <laughs> you thought about it. You knew, like, we are the scene. It's just amazing to, to see what Crash Inc., what 503 bike night, what, what the scene has become in the Pacific Northwest with people like both of you. It's just so cool. Appreciate it, my man. Appreciate it. There's a lot Absolutely. of other players that are helping Absolutely. out with that too. So, but yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Absolutely. I wish I could, I wish I could take it all, but man, it's it. Clayton, you, you were, uh, you were a big part. You guys rode a lot of miles too, though to come to, that. come to bike nights and hang out and stuff. And it was cool. It was real, I don't know, real informal back then. Well, it's still informal, but I appreciate it, man. Like the support from you guys driving all the way up, or excuse me, riding all the way up just to hang out, just to say what's up, just to be part of the bike scene, just to share stories and experiences was so cool. And now we're able to do it on a podcast. Heck yeah. That's right. That's even better. Amen. Hey, guys, don't forget. Thanks. Oh, go for it, Brad. What you got? Yeah, buddy? thank you, Denver. Uh, I was just going to say thanks again, Denver. Hey. Absolutely. Guys, don't forget, at Clayton Biker Cowboy, at Crash underscore Inc. You can find the V-Twin Life at, at the V-Twin Life underscore podcast. And, hey, you want to be a guest? Shoot me a DM there. Shoot me an email at the V-Twin Life at gmail.com. Until then, guys, hey, ride safe, have fun.